Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Babylon Heads Podcast. Uh, we have a very special guest today. Very, very, very special guest. Um, but yeah, on perspective, we've got Shaq here, we've got Nantel here as well. And our special guest today is a guy that has been there for a while on the house scene. A guy that has played the game by his rules, nobody else's. <laughs> um, a guy that speaks his mind. Um, a guy that is also is, is an independent label owner. Um, has released independent music here and overseas, if I'm not mistaken. Um, with no further ado, we have the esteemed uh, Irfan Pierce. Hi, how's it, guys? <laughs> that was a, a good introduction. Um, yeah, so where do we start with you, man? You, you've got a lot, like, you were in, in hip-hop in the beginning. You were a hip-hop head. You're still a hip-hop head. Okay, so... And you delved into house. I will always say it always starts in Mitchell's mind. Yeah. No, it's the most important thing. It's, I, I literally wrote an album about where I grew up um, because uh, it's super important. I think a, a lot of times your your circumstance and the timing and the period, uh, where, how you grew up and where you grew up and also where you are um, from a timeline point of view in your life, it's super important. Um, so... I was born in the CBD, like a lot of people from my generation, was born in 77. Uh, Group 8 is act, obviously did its thing, kicked off my family out from the, from the 66. Uh, mm. My grandmother moved to Lambdale. We stayed there with her for a while. Um, my memory is a bit fuzzy because I, I don't remember much up till the age of, well, I don't, remember, I don't have memories uh, to the age of three. After that, I can tell you things. But yeah. prior to obviously being a kid, you don't remember much. It's very, very fuzzy. You, you just yeah. hear things. Um, I did primary school in Lambdale. I can't remember. I think it was Green something in, in Lambdale somewhere. Anyways, uh, at that stage, Lambdale is and was what it is today. It's, you know, poor neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, issues, you know, gangster and violence, violent stuff. My mom at that stage applied for uh, government housing. And my mom landed on the list, and I think uh, then two. So I was born in '77. I would say '83, '84. Moved to Mitchell's Plain. Um, initially, was supposed to move to Linda here, but uh, there was no geezers in those houses. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So those early houses had no geezers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but then the houses in top also had geezers. Now, remember one thing: the geezers was like, wow. Yeah, new tech. <laughs> Back then, everybody you had a bus bucket and yeah. you a pot of water, put in the mm. bucket, and that's how you took a bath or threw the water wood in, into a bath. Yeah, I was my family in Babel South with what's with the toilet was outside. Like I mean, that was how houses were back in the day. Yeah, so um, we moved to to Tavosa. Uh At that stage, I just hit. Um, sub, I went to Sabi. Was then I was like grade, grade two. two. Yeah, yeah, yeah something like, is it? Yeah, so I went to grade two um, at Spine Road Primary. Okay. No, no, no. Is it Spine Road Primary? I think so. I'm, I'm not sure. Littlewood. That's what the school's oh, called. Okay. Littlewood Primary. Ha, oh. I remember that. <laughs> uh, at this stage, there was no high school in Tavsov. Mm. Uh, in that stage, there wasn't much of Tavsov. There was yeah. just a lot of sand. Okay. Um, by the time we moved into our home, uh, there was no grass, no vegetation, yeah. no fencing. Mm. It, was a, it was a house on a plot and there was sand, lots of sand. Yeah. Uh, I was there the day they dropped our lawn off. <laughs> yeah. I think I was playing outside. Um, and then they, the day, that same day they put our fences on, which was wooden poles. Mm. 
um, that you that I don't know if if, if there was old pictures of Mitchell playing around, you'd, you'd see those pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how life started for me. And um, at that stage, I mean, Mitchell Spain was a massive upgrade for us as Scottish people because <laughs> it was new. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, the one thing I, I I do remember distinctly as a child was like a lot of uh, things running down, uh, not well looked after. That sort of thing, you know. It's a picture of, of town center in the 70s, no? Yeah. No, but t- town look, center was new. Yeah. Town center was new. But, but, I knew. Look, no, but the, the problem was it just wasn't maintained all the time. No, no for sure. But but specifically, um, more reaching out by the time I got born and I uh, was brought in the world. Remember, I, I ran into generation, fourth, fifth generation housing type thing. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm. These houses have been around for a minute. Mm. Yeah. Uh, those courts have been around for a minute. When we moved to my granny, um, it's clear my granny's been there for a while because I don't. Those courts never look new. Mm-hmm. So my granny lived in, in, in Parkland Court in, in Lamdale. So those courts look well worn, like they've been around for a minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was just amazing to move to Michigan that time and it just yeah. everything was brand new. And I literally watched so many amazing things happening i mean we just came out of the disco era era and um hip-hop was born yeah um we had uh, and the I mean, you, you go up in the becker basically yeah. that's where hip-hop started yeah. so i mean I, I i i i always i always maintain that to a large degree that when it comes to hip-hop in south africa that cape town was the birthplace for it as far as Africa is concerned. I, I yeah. might be under, I stand under correction, I'm not sure. Uh, but the I time the time the timeline matches up to what my memory yeah. is, I think. Yeah. Even though from a narrative point of view it doesn't seem like that. So I understand the mm-hmm. point I'm trying to make about this why I'm saying this is that Mitchell Spain has always been a place of innovation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Grand innovation Britain. came out of necessity. We did mm-hmm. what we needed to do. Mm-hmm. Um I I mean I, I listened to a bit of rap music in the early eighties, not much um and i mean you know you had the freshmans and yeah. uh, ll cool j's and maybe the second other year which was allowed on our radio station yeah. back then because yeah. censorship was still a big thing so um i am and will always be an apartheid baby yeah um and i'll talk about more about that later yeah because uh, that's super important so we had a lot of censorship obviously in place and um i remember seeing a guy called jamo yeah. for oh, the yeah. first time in my yeah. entire life um, at this stage he was, he was already a teenager and I was much much younger obviously mm. but um, I used to see his pieces in, 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 in under the bridge in, in near the town centre mm. and I was like oh my god <laughs> oh my fucking god this is so amazing mm-hmm. like this is like wow I want to do this yeah um, and, and I mean that's kind of like how my interest in, in, in hip hop started and obviously um, classically uh, a lot of us got turned on to b-boying all the other stuff and other facets yeah. through um, movies like Beat Street and so forth, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that was a massive turning point for me and I, st- I lived in Mitchell's Mental Self till I was about 17 years old with my folks. Uh, till I got stabbed, actually. Mm. Um, you know, that's another story. I won't get into that, really. Yeah. Uh, my mom had enough at that stage. She, she, mm. she was planning to move anyways. I mean, yeah, my mom's always been an entrepreneur. Mm. I can't emphasize the importance of my mom's psyche on you on not just me but the family in general um because i always maintain when i discuss my family and myself and, and stuff and, and and why it's important for in, in this particular context when i'm discussing certain things that like 
don't diminish your achievements especially as a man of color yeah. like i mean oh no no because genuinely the story we could end is like work hard and you achieve shit stuff yeah. but i mean that's a misnomer for me because mm. like yo the hardest working people i know are poor people mm. they are picking up your dirt um, they're packing your bags they're cleaning your gardens they are putting bricks to build your houses yeah. and so yeah. forth and so forth so you telling me what's wrong with this picture here so when one of us does manage to do something that's remarkable yeah because mm. i mean it's a long journey to move from it's been tough so which essentially became a ghetto yeah because mm. what happened when we moved in initially it was nice brand new everything was lovely and then slowly but surely we had people moving in from other areas like Bonteville and so forth yeah. um, but now we had three or four generations under one roof in a house that was meant to house maybe a one family yeah. a, 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 like a two two person family because those houses at least houses was like a uh, three bedroom mm. so um it was me my two sisters at that point my mom alone and my dad wasn't around mm. um and then my mom rented the one room out to be able to pay the bills so yeah. i mean things went easy as a single mom and obviously there's a lot of stigma attached to for a woman yeah um even till today but it was really bad then yeah. i mean you, you end up basically having kids and there's no man around and you know yeah. I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. some terrible things get said and unfortunately kids live with the brunt of that and i mean as a child uh, i grew up with a massive sort of like inferiority complex it's still there mm. i mean uh, like and this is what I, i i always it saddens me when i see young women today out the father of the child in the context because they won't understand how important or maybe they do yeah. and they just ignore and they forgot but mm. i i grew up as a broken male because of my father not being around yeah, yeah. there were so many small things that were super important that i needed to learn and experience with another figure which I didn't happen to be a man and it was even worse for me because I'm a guy mm. so mm. now you you kind of like question your masculinity which is important to you yeah. because yeah. now you're in a world where you know because like I mean kids are kids and then they'll come at you and they'll be like yo uh say dear pani automatically you shit you're terrible and then we have colorism and and, and, yeah. and classism inside um a colorism and classism yeah, yeah. within the community which is another thing we deal with back then mm. but i mean um, i'm grateful for the experience we have grown up over there yeah um but i've always been a dreamer and i always wanted more more so than anyone else in my family because a point i was trying to make about even though my mom was who she was there is a lot that is on your personal shoulders because i mean you get families where one sibling does exception among other two does not yeah. yeah so now my question is like is because that sibling didn't get the same upbringing as you did or the same opportunities i highly doubt that's the case there might be some micro differences in there mm. but like your personality who you are and your drive and, mm-hmm. and your drive to some degree will mm. make up a 20% of that mm. your upbringing will make up a 10% and that is all luck now this is mm. the thing that people don't want to accept it's like it's like all of the dice it's all of the dice i mean you yeah. get lucky and you're in the right place at the right time and you have the right acumen and you have the skill set that is needed at that particular moment yeah. to uh, achieve yeah, whatever yeah. yeah and then you just transcend your your positioning so i managed to transcend the to some degree the poverty trope mm. but with that came the understanding of like how difficult this is um navigating life as a, as a human being 
Because yeah. now, to have done what I needed, then mm. I needed to look at the world a little bit differently from everyone else out there. And you know, like in, in our community, especially colored communities, and and being the dark skin guy, I, I mean, I, I have to remind people this. A lot of the times, they they come at me and be like, you know, they, they they look at where I'm at and they kind of like make assumptions. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yo, man, you must remember, I'm, I'm a dark skin colored bro. Yeah. From Mitchell's plane. And unfortunately, people will always want to check me unconsciously about your position. Yeah. How dare you speak this way? Mm. How dare you have ideas? You are a You yeah. can't be possibly smart because there's obviously a. Because uh, look at your color. Especially yeah, yeah. in our communities as well, the light to you are the better. better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, it's, it's so now you have a situation where you might be smart, but your community are gonna, is going to possibly push you down in some places. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't really really say it like in a, in a very obvious way very often, but um, uh, you know, like even now and then you get checked. Mm. People check in, be like, "Yo, know your position. Know your position. This is not your position. Mm. You can't like, you know, like, like check this Loki. Like this, <laughs> I, I got like about a year ago too. So there's someone with this honey. I'm talking to this girl, and that's a friend of mine. And the guy's like, "Yo, man, bro, how did you chase this kind type vibe? You know, and I'm <laughs> like, I'm like, for real though. And and what he doesn't realize mm. is like in my twenties, I was doing. Music videos. I was modeling catalog and stuff. Mm. Elsewhere, outside this city, someone has a different viewpoint and looks at me completely differently. Yeah. They see something else and they see something they could sell. And my question is, where did your likeness and your strategy get you in, yeah. in the space of your lifetime? Like, yeah. you know, I mean? mm. not, not to like sort of like draw comparisons. It's just like it's important that that, that your perspective mm. is kind of like super important. And 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 which will touch again. There was something else we spoke about off off camera. I think mm. that perspective is mad important, and sometimes it's difficult to, to remember that there's another world outside this yeah. space. I actually, I actually want to ask you about this. So you touched on um, not having a father figure, right? Within music, and I know that you do more than just music. Obviously, with what, what, what we discussed, we will get to that as well. Have you? Have you? Uh, did you have a tendency to um, to lynch onto to to to, to other uh, role models in in your life? How did you how, how did you fill that void? In? Okay, so okay, so two things. Like I like I touch on the insecurity thing a little bit. So mm. insecurity is one of the things will either turn you into introvert, which is what I became. Yeah. Um, but also, I then learned. Or I focus on like I decide I'm never going to be wrong. Mm. Okay. I don't make mistakes. Yeah. That's my whole thing. I'm still pretty hard on myself about it, you know. So mm. I went the extra mile to make sure that I did academically okay, but not mm. too much so that you make other people look cut. That thing, you know what I mean? Okay, okay. Because that's other thing I learned is people don't like being shown up. Mm. Uh, even though if you achieve something especially in our communities, it's like it, it can become a point of contention for some people. Yeah. Like a, a, a good modern day version of it, is, which I find interesting, is like you take a kid, like example, like youngster, for example, yeah. And a lot of people have, they, there's different camps, you know, some people yeah. don't enjoy what he does, but I, I kind of see what he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. And I choose to observe the parts that make sense to me in the sense that like i think cool he's legitimizing my culture although it's from a, from a particular perspective which a lot of people don't like yeah 
Like I had a, a, a incident so yes where I'm start throwing things things brands under the bus. So mm-hmm. I dealt with a uh, a brand manager once at uh, the TFG. Okay. And we compiled music for them. So I was working for a company called Indian Audio at that stage. Uh, this must be a good four four years ago, I think. Um, I think I got a decent year for music. And I, I know it when it comes to regardless of like somebody asked me. Oh, so we were talking about you asked me about tap, oh. and I said, do you like tap? I'm like, no, nah, I listen to music. If I if I like the song, I like the song. Mm. I don't care what genre it is. It makes no yeah. sense to me. I hear things and. It, and I mean, I worked in the record stores. I sold the records to people, mm. pumped records to people. <laughs> <laughs> and um, basically, uh, we put, well, I put this, compiled this mix. Because then, you yeah. know, if you go into the store, they got music playing. So yeah. we wanted the, we were one of the service providers at that stage, right? So I put this mix together and I, I, I made concerted effort to Loki always put some local stuff in there mm. that I thought could work in the store. So uh, I think there was uh, two youngster joints on there. And um, the brand manager's like, no, we can't have this guy on this mixtape because it sounds, quote and unquote, too gangster. Mm. Mm. So this youngster, right? <laughs> so <laughs> in my head, I'm thinking, yo, that, 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 that's the self-hate that we have and loathing we yeah. have for our own is ridiculous because... She doesn't understand when I look at contextually what's on that mixtape. You had um, Gucci Mane and so forth, whatever. And lyrically, he's possibly talking about worse shit, yeah. actually. Yeah. But obviously, we cleaned up the mix <coughs> by bleeping out things, reversing words, wherever it needs to work. But but the narrative exists. Yeah. Mm. But you found it so more, much more offensive to... Um, was, was the brand manager of our community as well? Of course. Okay, okay. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was, it was a young lady, actually. Def- uh, one thing I'll give TFG, TFG props for, I've never seen so many uh, young women in, in positions of, um, not, I wouldn't say power, but they, they were the management, you know, which is yeah. nice. Uh, most, I think most of the, uh, the people in that, that building are, are women, actually. Okay. So that, that's great. But anyway, so she she reckoned that the track was too gangster sounding type thing. And I was just thinking, yes, this is insane. So this American guy over here can talk about, have this narrative over here and you're okay with that. Um, you have this black rapper on this thing. And because we don't understand the neck, but I can mm. guarantee anyone that the, the at least at the minimum, mm. the lyrical co- um, content is risky. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, okay. But the moment you hear the, the hum twang. Yeah. It becomes a point of contention. Like, yeah, if he says hosh, hosh is not a swear word. Mm-hmm. Nowhere in the thing. It's no actually, yeah. it's, 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 it's maybe strict for Nick for, yeah, yo, for like, yo, what's up? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we can't, we can't, we can't live with it. It's, it's a problem. I mean, literally, I, I'll be, I'll be blunt. I think if any of our kids came into our crib right now and said hosh, we would have a problem with it, yeah. and that includes me. Probably would, yeah. Yeah, you know. Because there's the, the gangster connotation. Exactly, yeah. because of, of that thing. But yet we are essentially pumping gangster music when we yeah. listen to a Gucci Mane. What do you think he's talking about? Exactly. So, so I mean, uh, that's that's just mm. insane. That's what's good, what's good for the goose is good for the gander, but clearly it's not. It's but, not. But, yeah. So, again, this is that thing I was talking about if um, uh, off-air about the meta, I mean, mm. which is where I'm at at the moment. Yeah. I'm more interested in that, the subtleties of the conversation. Mm. Yeah. So, I like the fact that he's trying to put this for Nick into the uh, general public space mm. and hopefully eventually we'll lose the stigma because words change over time. Yeah. Also something I want to touch on as well when you were talking about like the skin color, the different 
shades of skin color in our community. It goes down to language as well. Like if if you speak in Afrikaans, a lot of times our so-called colored people will look at it like if you speak in English, you are better better equipped for life, better it's, it's that same thing. So now with with with, with the language now, with the, the the vernacular that's that's been put out there, it's like Oh, you can't speak like that. You're supposed to speak properly. I think like in me mm. also alluded to that yeah. a lot. It's like, why can't we just speak in our own accent? Why can't we mm. use our own words? Why must we try to be like something else if we're not? Um, th- that's a very uh, the Afrikaans and English. That's just what my uh, opinion. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, even even within that space, I mean, who's Afrikaans and what Afrikaans are we talking about here? That's another Gaps. thing as because well. I mean, like, Gaps, what, yeah. what what what. Yeah, but even then, it's like yeah. I mean, I remember going to um, Pentec studying their graphic design, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was ninety-seven, possibly ninety-six, um, and um, I don't care. I met I met Emil's brother there. Yeah, actually, okay. we studied together. Okay. <laughs> um, and I met a guy from 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 Kells River. His name is Alroy. Mm. <laughs> but he's a little short guy I've ever met my entire life. He's such a cool guy. <laughs> but what I recognized immediately was this guy's slang was so different from what I was used to. Yeah. And over time, I started noticing that depending where you're from in Cape Town, as a colored person, yeah. the vernacular changes. Yeah. So it can either become a little bit more bougie mm. or, or it can become a little bit more wood. Now, yeah. another observation which people don't make maybe possibly and I can, I can be corrected I might be wrong observation I made at the time is I found that people in the north colored people in the north were way better off than the people in the south uh, it's a little bit debatable now because I'm from the north no no dog trust me like when I say mm-hmm. like when I talk about the south I'm talking about a Nova Park yeah, you, you don't have a, a yeah. northern equivalent of a Nova Park yeah, or no, 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 a Mitchell's Plain yeah. type situation mm-hmm. this is what I'm talking about yeah. which I found quite interesting and also then it but gets, then, it gets then, more interesting. But then again, like now recently, the Kaifontein police station has one of the highest murder rates, like third or fourth. In yeah, but now you must remember this. So you, uh, but like yeah, even 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 it's still it's still even though mm-hmm. that's a that's an area yeah. we have the Nova Parks, yeah. we have the Bontevilles, yeah. we have there's a hell of a lot. It's actually yeah. normal. Yeah. So. And also, I would say, under correction, that I would probably surmise there's more poverty on the south side of Cape Town than yeah, in the north. north. Yes, no, and then the other, other observation, <laughs> which is quite trippy. Mm. So, and I don't know if there's a correlation and stuff. I found that more, there are way more educated colored people in the north than there are yeah. in the south. And then, another yeah. observation, the amount of light-skinned Colored folk I met in the north versus the amount of light people. Like I mean, I don't expect to see a light skinned colored person in Mitchell Spain. It's unusual. Yeah. Like if any of you guys were to walk around in Mitchell yeah. Spain, you guys stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like mm. literally, my colors and 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 maybe a couple of shades lighter yeah. Yeah. as the norm the where I'm from in yeah. Mitchell Spain specifically, mm. which is like a trip. I've never really thought about that, but it's, it's true. Like I can even correlate that to 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 to. Um, to Canada. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, so it's the same. It's the same. But now this is where it gets even more fucked up. So we have these kind of racial divides, but there's a dynamic, there's a, a financial uh, a narrative been established mm-hmm. around colored lines as well. Yeah. yeah. So which means that these a lot of these dark skin colored folk don't have money, bro. Like on the real, not to say that licensed colored people do, but in terms of like the poverty situation, I would imagine it's probably higher in that end than it is on, say, for example, in the north, mm. which is a trip. I mean, uh, mm. 
like uh, something like like I observed, like I went to Pentec, okay, so uh, I get there and and then there were a couple of kids who had cars, mm-hmm. and then well, quite a few of them had like the more privileged situation. The guy would have a BMW, even though it's a box shape, yeah. but still he had a bra, he had a car. Yeah, I knew nobody in Davos had a car. <laughs> nobody, none of my friends, zero, mm. nooks. But yeah, there was one bra out of a, a group of ten friends who had a car. Mm. So the spatial planning that this older part of the government did, mm. uh, you guys and myself, I don't think we ex- understand the extent of the and the ramifications thereof and how it's affected us and our group psyche in terms of like our mm. language, for example. Mm. From their standpoint, it was ingenious. No, it was a- not ingenious. It was absolute genius. Yeah, like, I mean, I mean, it's a genius. I just mm. want to tell you guys a story. So I did... Um, like, uh, what do you call it? Um, they call it shadowing at, 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 in the radio, uh, where, say, there's an outside broadcast somewhere mm-hmm. else, and I need to do the buttons. Yeah. Outside. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, so something went wrong, but my voice is never supposed to go over the air because I'm supposed to talk to the, the presenter. Yes, right? yes. Something went wrong, and I went over the air. So I'm explaining this, what happened, whatever, mm-hmm. to this one DJ, I'm not going to mention his name. Mm-hmm. So the first thing he asked me, he said, Africa, did you speak Afrikaans? He didn't that, ask me, did you swear? That's what the He asked you, me, did you speak Afrikaans? Yeah. And my dialect, because it was from the Park or something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So that for me was like, dude, why would, wouldn't you ask me if I swore? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and that, that's what I was trying to make the point of the languages. It's like, um, I just see when I'm within certain circles, and it's like, Oh, you speak English, you're probably better off than Afrikaans. Like, this is in Afrikaans and English. No, I, I don't disagree with you at all. Yeah. Uh, but, but what I was just trying to say is just like the complexity yeah. of, yeah. of yeah. the conversation that we're having. And I mean, there's, this is just me touching s- yeah. small little yeah. observations. Exactly. I mean, I've spent a lot of time thinking about it, and I'm just mm. like, it, it, it's a trip. Mm. I mean, it's still very difficult for, for, for any of my people nested to say, hey, I'm a good looking guy. In terms mm-hmm. of the the, the 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 general narrative, yeah, that is a difficult conversation to have. However, the moment Irfan was from say uh, USA yeah. or mm-hmm. Europe or some shit, then something flips. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so for example, um, so moving again now forward in time again. So we moved to uh, uh, Zanubum. Yes, mm. this is in uh, I think it was ninety six. Yeah, I think it was 96, I got stabbed in 95. That was my metric ball. Yeah, so we moved a year later. I was actually quite mad at my mom for moving because mm. all I knew was we just went at that stage, you know, and uh, right. I lost all my stabbed friends. at the and same time. <laughs> same but, but, yeah. but, but, yeah. guy, like, and this is what, 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 what I need to say about living with just playing. Um, your acceptance of violence mm. was like, yeah, it is what it is, you know. I, I like, like I mean, I I got pistol whipped. <laughs> I had a mm-hmm. gun stuck in my mouth before. You know, my mom doesn't know this, so she knows. <laughs> <laughs> you you understand something? Things yeah. happen, but it doesn't bother me. Like I mean, literally, you've been in a situation, and then and then a guy will wave a gun at you, and you either, as they would say, pop, mm. or you stand fast, or, or yeah. you stand fast and listen. What do you do? What do you because in my head, I always bent on the fact that if, if anybody was going to shoot me, I would have been shot already. You don't see it coming. Yeah. yeah. There's never very little gunplay, you know, but they're going to move it around and they're going to waste you, your friends, and whatever yeah. the story is. And that's that, you know. Um, 
So it didn't phase me that I got stabbed. I was like, hey, shit, hey, fuck, I earned my, my stripes now. Yeah. I'm now, you know, I, I got stabbed and I got story to tell and I survived yeah. it. Yeah. Great stuff. I mean, years later, I think, get a fuck, I nearly died over a pair of sneakers. Which is a trip. I mean, like now, I'm like, get the fuck out of with that shit. I'm, I'm, that, I would yeah. off. That's not a trade off. Mm. So just so that I have street kid, but there's also a um, the other side of that coin was that you you trying hard to not be um, effeminated in that community yeah. because if you are you are going to be a target. Yeah, you're gonna get picked on, you're gonna get robbed, you're gonna get mugged, mm. uh, you will be disrespected and so forth. And and I, I mean, and the funny thing is in in areas where when when you men young men mm. don't have any power uh, in terms of economic power. The only thing we have is, is our reputation. Yeah. And we'll do whatever to protect that reputation. Yeah. Like literally we'll be like, say hat we can cast right now. We're literally gonna go like say can maybe push fat. Yeah. That thing, you know what I mean? That yeah. that is our saying. And and that has so many levels of like I'm saying a lot of things when I'm saying that. I'm just not yeah. simply saying whatever and 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 ironically enough, for all the sort of like gender based violence we have in our community, I, I don't even know if it's that much. Anyways, it, it exists. I mean, yeah. we've all seen that at one level or the other uh, in our communities. Um, e- even though there's all of all of that, none of us sitting on tables ever gonna have anybody talk shit about our mom. Yeah, hell no. Yeah, so there's juxtaposition where, where like young males are disrespecting women on some degree or mm. some level. Uh, that's a complex situation. Again, we'll talk about the meta on that. Mm, yeah. Um, but at, at the same time. Um, we will we will we will protect our, our our mom's sort of like integrity and name yeah. publicly to death. Yeah, literally, I know niggas who've died yeah. over somebody just saying your mom. Yeah, yeah. Mm. you know, what I mean, there's a depth there that just like colored males will just like nah, bro, you didn't just say that now. Yeah, mm. but like I'm literally, mm. but I always say, "Kiki, yo, p, Then the moment it flips to like your mom. Whoa. Bro, oh. did you just say that now? Yeah. It's over. It's over. We it's we get yeah. it down. You know, I mean I had two triggers basically. Mm. One is like you took and crap my mom, especially mm. because of my insecurity. Mm. And the other one was like if you touch me, yeah, then I'm gonna break you off or mm. try to at least. Mm. Then I'm gonna hurt you. Mm. You know, uh, I I but because of that situation as an adult, I really dislike losing my temper. I haven't, thank God, in a very long time because two things happen when I get mad. Um, my brain switches off. <laughs> yeah. It's the most valuable thing to me. Mm. Uh, I don't make rational decisions. I just act. Mm. Um, I can be super impulsive. Mm. Um, at least the brain stops you from being that guy. <laughs> I, I would have been like in another place altogether if, yeah. if I permitted that side of my personality to take over. Mm. And you know, yeah. But I mean, I'm, I'm grateful at the end of it all that we got out of there and I got yeah. to get to move to the city and so forth. You know. Okay. Cool. And then, yeah, you were obviously now. Um, on your own after that, I think you... Okay, now that's a, another complex situation. So we moved to the city, uh, to Zonnebrum with my, with my mom, right? Because of the stabbing type thing. So I lived with my mom for about a year and a half. Yeah. And then because of some personal stuff, uh, I moved out. Not moved, I actually ran away. Okay. That's mm. what happened. Uh, um, I was hanging out in Long Street quite a bit at the stage. And I was still studying and I was working on the Grand Parade at the Flipping Burgers at my friend Yasser's place, right? Okay. So I met a lot of people and so forth, and then I was, you know, uh, uh, like Long Street. That stage was basically what Kloof Street is right now. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of white kids, and it's a different world over here. So I got exposed to a lot more there from a cultural point of view because now these people were way more willing to accept 
the arty side of me. Mm. Whereas in my my neighborhood, like I'm not going to tell you that I'm into art or poetry and all that stuff because I'm hungry for a pussfight. Yeah, exactly. And we don't talk about that. So um, hang out in the street. I got a lot of acceptance. I learned a lot. Um, I met the Afrikaans boy from Bloom, and he had an apartment in Long Street, mm. and uh, somebody moved out. Anyways, and there was a room available for like six hundred rand a month, and at this stage, I didn't know where the money was coming, but I was kind of DJing a little bit. I was making mm. a bit of cash, and I worked it out. I made about eight hundred rand a month or something like. So I'll just move. Mm. Um, and what I did is I came home, and nobody was home, and I basically stole a couple of blankets, took my clothes, packed my records. He was the outside with his beetle and his pot, and I didn't speak to my folks for about a good four years. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in in hindsight, it was maybe not the best decision because I lost a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of time spent my family. I mean, I literally come to family um, group meetings and they talk or discuss something, and I don't know what the fuck they're talking about because I just wasn't there for them. Yeah. Uh, uh, I literally missed my youngest um, sister grow up mm. into a young woman, and I wasn't mm. there. Mm. You know what I mean? So. Uh, I basically did to her in a sense what happened to me with my father being absent. Uh, but at this stage, my mom was remarried, and so her dad was around. But you still need, you know, you got a brother, and yeah. he's yeah. just not present. Right. And you kind of hearing murmurings about. You know, but I had another life altogether, separate mm. situation. So, yeah, and and then um, I was living on my own for for actually since then except for the one bump where i was dating this girl for four five years and we broke up and i moved out of the apartment i needed a place to stay and i lived with my mom for a while uh, i think i stayed with her for six months and then uh, after that i i moved in with another guy we won't mention his name <laughs> uh, no no because there's a story behind it i'm deciding that i must <laughs> talk about it not, uh, it's, <laughs> it's crazy uh-huh. and and i lived in a in a room that literally could fit fit a single bed Literally, mm-hmm. there was a mats on the floor, and my records were on the side, and uh, my clothes were stacked up um, against the wall. Mm-hmm. And I lived like that for a year while I built up my finances. Because the funny thing is, this stage I was still very pretty well known as a DJ at that stage, mm-hmm. and the automatic assumption is like Tzedekel type yeah. mm-hmm. But nah, bro. I mean, I I wasn't. I was hand to mouth, bro. I mean, mm-hmm. like. Things didn't change for a very, 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 very long time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's quite ironic Then I watch a lot of these young artists and they try to flex on social media and I'm just getting like, bruh. Like, I mean, like, like I literally told one of the guys I was mentoring, I was like, my dream has always been to see you guys do much better than I ever did. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, what I see right now is that none of them are doing much better than I did. At the time, at that yeah. age mm-hmm. timeline was, um, with a couple of exceptions. I mean, you got uh, in the house scene specifically, uh, the one guy who I respect a lot at the moment and just for the way his career is going was Dawson. Okay. But I sincerely hope he's looking after his money. Yeah. Because your space is not, you know, it's not it's, it's not guaranteed. Yeah. That can shift like tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Most people know you as a house DJ. Most mm-hmm. people, um, you've given us now a nice extensive history. But where did the house, like, where did that start? Like, like I said, you, you, as far as I know, you started as a hip hop head, and you, that, you, that never changed. Uh, yeah. I just, I just happened to be a house DJ. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I always tell people. It's okay. like, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you, you grew up in Michigan, but I, I mean, like, hip hop was everywhere. Mm. You know, it was just couldn't. You know, I had friends who were writers, mm-hmm. like you know. Yeah, pieces of yes, yes, stuff yes, like yes. that. I had b-boy friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I had rappers. I mean, uh, it was just an interesting period. I mean, to be born at the time that I was, I literally watched 
rap music because yeah. like there was a distinction with that because hip hop mm. is the commercial all packaging that the media used to sell yeah. this thing. There mm. was no such thing as hip hop. There was a rap music, and I mean, you could be a graffiti artist, but a lot of them used to listen to alternative music. They were yeah. skaters, they were punk, yeah. and yeah. all kinds of stuff. You know, that they used to wear fitted chinos and that kind of thing. It was a different mm. buzz for them. Yes. Was mm. like, and, and only during the 90s that did we have a, like a sort of, uh, sort of hip hop gear, if it makes any sense. Yeah. Mm. I mean, the 80s, there was some sort of thing, but that was, seemed like a crossover between like street and, and new wave type thing. So yeah. it wasn't specifically uh, hip hop. Orientated, yeah. but the nineties really defined the period. So it was yeah. nice to to come out of Chris the seventies. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. So it was nice to come out of the seventies. Yeah, for us, Bas. Mm. <laughs> it was bought over by Reebok, by the way. Yeah. So uh, coming out of the seventies, the disco mm. era was just whatever. Then you had like sort of um, the eighties happening with um, sort of the early um, electro, mm -hmm. and, and and sort of like as far as I know, hip hop and house, same WhatsApp group. Yeah. yeah, there was no distinction. <laughs> yeah. If anybody yeah. knows the history, they would know this. A yeah. lot of the guys would make hip hop or rap music beats, and they and even then it wasn't like the boom bap sound that we know right yeah. now. Mm. Uh, it was tended to be mm. just a beat, you yes. know, like Apache was quite a popular beat yeah. as we all know in the zone. Yeah, that a lot of MCs rapped over in in the eighties, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, so these things were happening parallel, not separate, as mm. you know. What I mean, and, and and again coming back to something I said off off air was basically that like I don't listen to genres I was there's music mm. and if I like something I like it don't give a shit I just that in the 90s the, the house thing really popped off um, but it was a very particular kind of house music you know yeah. the Robin S's mm. yeah, yeah. Um, CNC uh, Music Factory CNC yeah, Music yeah, Factory yeah. which isn't really house but you know it was dance music, oh, yeah. dance music. Uh, and then you had like sort of like uh, Mr. Fingers and all this other stuff mm. but I mean it was once in a while you would hear like this kind of thing, this mm. kind of tracks like out in, in, in the clubs or on mixtapes, because that's how I got to the music, which basically yeah. through cassette tapes. So the DJ would play, like one DJ would play eight hours and you play like quite a, a wide variety of stuff. Mm. You know, there was the Debbie, uh, was it Debbie Addis, and all these, and Jason Donovan's and all this stuff. And then, but mm. you would, then you'll hear a bit of house beats over here. Mm. But the 90s, the house thing got really, really super defined. Mm. Yeah. Same with hip hop actually rap music as i know it and, and that's a funny thing because a lot of times you'll get like rap heads and house heads and they don't listen to the other it's one to me. Mm. and then I, I think the same thing i'm like but those two are literally cousins same mm. whatsapp group literally. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Yo, bro. i mean like the, a lot of those early 90s producers went on to make um who was the famous um beat maker that used to be house uh, that makes house beats as well no, 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 no. We're talking about like a like Jay Diller type guy. Yeah, what's his name? You know who I'm talking about? Yo, 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 his name is on the top of my tongue. Anyways, but I mean, this is like... I went for the Alden? No, not even. No, but we're talking about like he's known as a hip-hop beat maker. Oh, as a hip-hop beat maker. But he literally failed as a house producer. That was his thing. Oh, um... Yeah, it'll come back to me. Yeah, yeah, but it's you know what I'm saying? Mm. Yes, 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 something yes. like the 88 keys or something like that. Or, or Is it um, DJ Spinner? No, not even him. Because he also does he, the he, 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 Yeah, he does the crossover thing. But yeah. anyways, okay. from, 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 from a music point of view, those two scenes were always kind of... Mm. I mean, like, look at something like Tone Loke. Yeah. yeah. 
you know, Skype, wrapped over house piece, wrapped over whatever. Yeah. Um, then you had Mr. Lee, for example, doing some Get Busy. I mean, mm. I love that song, Get, 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 yep. get, get Busy. busy. Yep. I mean, <laughs> that song was amazing at the time, but That's it was, it. again, uh, like this says, Rap House, my yeah. invention, you know, yes, yes, my yes, intention. Yes. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that was his thing. That, that was his jam. Thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, it was it wasn't different because even if you look at the dancers, for example, that went along with with, with house music at the time, yeah. it was very similar to the boogie stuff that was happening. Yeah, with I the mean, that's exactly freestyle. That's where yeah. freestyle was born. Freestyle yeah, dance. I mean, you, you look at somebody like I mean, and it's also easy to forget that like rappers used to dance. Yeah, mm. Big Daddy Kane mm. was a dancer, yeah. one of my favorite MCs mm. ever. Mm. But, but the brother. Yeah, but he could dance. Yes. Yeah, they they were dance. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Like yeah, digital underground. Yes, yes, yes. So I mean, like mm. that. That's this is like forgotten bits and pieces. So for me, when somebody is like, I, I don't listen to house music. I don't listen to rap music. I'm like, okay. Yeah, but I only listen to one, <laughs> not the other. Yeah. Cool, man. <laughs> Enjoy that. I mean, I, I listen to everything from metal to to mm. alternative. Can I ask you, like for me? I I say that I can't. I don't have the temperament. I've got this whole um, anxiety thing where I where I can't really. I don't have the temperament for house music. Like you need to be rustic for me when you <laughs> like. You need to have that patience, man. Mm-hmm. Do you think you you were born with that, or did you have to adapt? Because that's that's for me the difference. What what, what patience do you mean? Do you mean because with house music the measures? Is yes, like, there's like a rustic there, that you need to. There's this long loop. Yeah, a, okay, a, you okay. know what I'm saying. You need to. I I, I think you just have another idea. We, we we all have a moment at some point or other in our lives with, with music and uh, it just literally speaks to you and says, Hey mm, uh, my name my name is I mean I, I literally I can guarantee each one of you guys can tell me that track that made you like literally just fall in love with hip hop. Mm. Down to the yep. teeth, like bam. Mm. You know what I mean? Um there were obviously like tracks in between that were just like like for example uh, I'll, I'll lay it down for me. Mm. For example, so you had Will Smith and Fresh Prince, Bel- Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff back. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Summertime. So the the girls. No, no, no. That was still nineties. Mm. We're talking about now eighties now. So okay. uh, girls, the world in nothing but trouble. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yes, so yes, 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 yes. there was a very like corny poppy stuff, but it was you know, listen to that. But the song that really like dig my head in was when I listened to LL Cool J's "Mama's Gonna Knock You Out." That beat was so hard. It was hard. I mean, that was a hard beat. And in in relative to like juxtaposed against Jazzy, the Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff, "Girls of the World" in nothing but trouble. You see what I mean? Yeah. Yo, I mean, I could literally see and feel this guy's like sort of determination. This ain't a comeback. You know what I mean? And he's just like, and I'm, I'm like a little kid. Mm. And I'm just sitting there and literally what used to happen, my mom used to have these speakers in the lounge, you know, we weren't allowed to touch it, but I mean, fuck, mm. I was naughty. <laughs> I'd sit right in front of the speakers and turn it up and I'm just like, oh, I'd literally wait all day for the sound to come on. Mm-hmm. But they didn't play it a lot back then, you know, because uh, most of the radio stations were Afrikaans. And mm-hmm. I think before Guru became Guru, or before it was uh, radio, radio Highfeld or something like that. Mm. So um, some of the DJs that were on that station eventually ended up on Good Up as, as you know right now. But yo, that was like, oh, this beat. Mm. You know, that between that and, and Prince's like Love Bazaar, for example. Yeah. And they used to play the entire sort of 12 minute edit of that song. Wow. I mean, I, I obviously at the time I didn't know what the hell it was, but I was having an orgasm there right there. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> it was just like, Jill wow. This, this thing was just like, blew my mind yeah and i think it's important then when you when you get into a genre that you have that moment 
uh, put put <laughs> I'm gonna say that but I think a lot of the DJs right now are pretty average at best. They don't mm. they don't have storytelling ability. Mm-hmm. I, I, I ain't trying to to get your attention as a DJ from the get go. I'm literally you halfway through my scene, you're like, yo, what the hell? What why? Oh my god. What is this? Mm. Wait, hold on. Mm. Like mm. I, I can't have conversations with music playing in the background, by the way. Yeah. So Definitely. what happens a lot of times like I hear something or call application or something, then I I I I be like, Well stop. You zoned up. Mm. Not zone, I literally will stop you and I'm like, just dang sick. And then I need to just pay attention for a few seconds. And I'm like, yo, man, that thing just grabbed me right there. And then yeah. I continue my conversation. <laughs> like, I, I can't. So uh, so, so for, for, for house music, because with hip-hop, a lot of times, because it's not instrumental music. And it's lyrical. And it's like it's song structures. Like, that thing. You can grab onto a song. But house beats, it's... it's, it's, it's the song is the, the story the DJ tells. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I actually used house music to, to force myself to to just be the stuff. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So like, I would play, like say, I was set to like, persist for myself. I was, but it forces me to to wait and let the song breathe type of thing. And then next, it's just a, uh, like a, almost like a therapy type of thing. To, yeah. To anxiety type of thing. But, but I also think because of, of your turntables, right? It used to be, yeah. Yeah, but okay, yeah. so... Um, I don't focus it much on it. Once the turntable is always the turntable. There's a hit space that you, you guys tend to get into. So, okay. So, you guys are very much but like Enough. quick but also um, cut and paste aesthetics. You, you you guys are creating on the fly using turntables and stuff. And it requires a particular kind of thinking. So, with, with house music, every song is about six minutes. Mm-hmm. So, my question is like, there's two ways you can handle as a house DJ. You can either play instant music and like something that is strong on its own mm-hmm. or you can mesh and we have our own way of blending these elements to make it more interesting so house music is not always a stuff it can be deep it can be really mm-hmm. dark yeah it can be heavy-handed it can be super druggy it can be anxious it can make you feel anxious mm-hmm. it can do everything else that every other style can do but like in this yeah but in this country what's happened so um i'm gonna skip but getting forward from a from a a time period so when we started playing at the lux okay and colored community really got into um that particular period because prior to there was another colored scene but it was very exclusive and kind of like classes Mm-hmm. I was gonna touch on the, the the impact of DJ Syndicate more and the Lux as well, but okay, you can. Yeah. Do it okay. Too. So, so we, we so we have the Lux right, and this thing's happening, and eventually the audience start growing. You do realize up to this point that there wasn't a single color club who would play Deep House. Mm-hmm. Are you aware of this, right? Are you saying now before the Lux? Before the Lux. And now what about more? Okay, no, so we're talking about colored club. Oh, colored club is more. Yeah, as in like your traditional yeah. sort of yes, colored yes. galaxy and so yes, forth. Yes, I mean, yes, yes. Th- what year was that? Was that? This is around the early 2000s. Okay. So now, it's such a trip because I was invited to play at the Galaxy as a guest DJ because, you know, my CD compilation was out. And that's how that music, that particular subgenre grew to a point. Fast forward to 2019 right now. What's happened is that like there's the house sound in this city or the DJ sound I hear very often is either techno or it's deep house, which makes it very linear. Mm. Again, mm. coming back to that thing I said earlier, I don't hear genres. I play music or I listen yeah. to music. So I will fuck around with different colors and textures musically. And the song needs to be strong as well. I, I, I don't play 
crap just so that I can look quiet to push buttons and, and mm-hmm. cut and paste and do all kinds of shit. I'm not, I'm not that kind of DJ. I'm telling you a story. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, give me like 10, 15 minutes of your time and you will, I will hopefully be able to change your mind about the situation. And, and I'm not trying to be arrogant and stuff. It's just I've worked, I've done it long enough to kind of know, okay, cool. I know this works. Mm-hmm. I, I know to mm-hmm. get somebody's attention when I need to. But again, I'm not, I'm not here for, I'm going to play this jam and suddenly the, the floor pops off. Mm-hmm. I play and then you just don't know it and eventually you get moved. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to have that, that, that experience on the dance floor where the music moves them on a level that just goes beyond, it bypasses your, you and just goes straight to something else. Yeah. Primal. Uh, primal vibe. Yeah. Dancing is primal. and music is primal. Like I, I, I was speaking to somebody the other week and I was also saying that, you know what, there's one thing that I enjoy about a good house event or house party is the fact that you lose yourself in the music. Like I'm a hip hop but mm. I've never felt that vibe when you are on a house floor, uh, dance floor and the DJ is taking you somewhere else. It's just like you lose your mind. Kind it's, of a, it's a different aesthetic because like I mean, the rap music mm. again has its own appeal for me. I, I love the raw yeah. can-do energy mm. that, that, that hip hop has. I mean like, like so coming back to the thing again, so Let's talk about a little bit, a little bit, very briefly about mm-hmm. mumble rap and why it's possibly pop, um, popular. Mm-hmm. You guys are all sort of like refined collectors mm-hmm. in the rap game, okay? Mm-hmm. But the trap beat or the mumble rap thing is literally a catchy beat, which again bypasses everything else and goes straight to like, yo, this beat is catchy. Mm-hmm. The the problem is that like. I guarantee if I took like 10 kids right now and asked him, name me your, the top song five years ago. Yeah. You ain't gonna hear Jack. Mm. They won't be able to tell you. They might be able to pick up, you know what I mean? There's no history because the song doesn't last that long. Yeah. Whereas like because of lyrics, mm. I'm talking about Get Busy and it's what, like 30 years ago? Yeah. I'm still like, I'm still uh, rhyming off lyrics from that song from back then. Yeah. I mean, Biggie Smalls, Red Die, that was what, like 20 years ago? Easily. Yes. Yeah. You know, was, yeah. 20 years ago, yeah. like even 21 actually, mm. it was 1998 yeah. or 97? No, 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 the little die was um, 94. Oh God, 95, 95. Yeah, I mean, that, even, that's even worse. Tupac died, 97. Na- right? Tupac died, 96 or 97? 97, yeah. 96. 96. 96, and Biggie died, 97, but I needed to die and Illmatic, I think, came out the same year. Nas is illmatic and that's why I said it could be 94, could be 95. So the crazy t- trip is here, 20 years later, uh, we can all kind of go and talk about uh, Ready to Die. We can, we can, we can, we can lease mouth of a couple of bars from one of the songs yeah. of that album, which is a trip. Think about that. Yeah. My question is, do you remember what your wife told you five minutes ago? <laughs> you, you understand yeah. what I'm saying? I yeah. mean, th- that this is like mm. how, when, when, when the, the problem was, for example, like 30th of September 1994. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So I mean, for, mm. for, for 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 rap music to lose its, for for mumbled rap and why it's maybe not effective over a long period mm. of time type thing. Do Whereas, you do, yeah. do you also think that like? Um, but how, wait, hold on. Okay. I just mm. want to say this: that house music has the same problem though. I just need to say that, mm. yeah. like, uh, it's not exclusive to just like say mumble rap, for example. Yeah. The current house music right now is also just like by one year and then we won't remember it next year. That's why you don't hear a lot of like deep house 
anthems as much as you used to. Mm. I mean, literally, you would have uh, that night. You would have um, uh, okay, not maybe not Deep House, but Robin is Show Me Love, which mm. is still being effectively still being played. What is like thirty years later? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember the first time I hear that song on on Zero Hour Zone. Yo, Zero Zone. Bring us back, bring yeah. back. Yeah. So I mean, this is like w- w- what, how certain tracks can be can be powerful, but the right DJ, right time, right place, right mood with your friends, you're safe, mm-hmm. and there's no pressure. Like ideally, right now, I would put you in an, in an environment where we just hang. And and yeah, there should be no compulsion for you to dance whatsoever. You don't need to dance. You don't mm. need to do anything. Just you just know, listen. enjoy enjoy yourself. Mm. Have some food. Talk to your friend. Maybe talk to your lady. And maybe eventually things change a little bit as time moves on. I mean, mm. th- that's what it needs to be. That's why uh, you need a great sound system. A, a great sound system mm. shouldn't like be like mm. your face. You know, what I mean? it should be like there, but like mm. yo, mm. yeah, but subconscious. You know what I mean, and then eventually, when you want to, you know, when you feel it a little bit more, you're like, oh, mm. I need to go past the move right now. Yeah, you know mm. what I'm saying. But I mean, like, do you think it's the accessibility of the technology that has allowed people to put out more music now? And like, I always question that. Like, back in the day when before internet, the the normal record label situation, were there a lot of people? Were there the same amount of was there the same amount of music being made as to now? Nah, okay, okay, you know, it's, it's, it's a complex question, but I can put it down to one two words: social media. The yeah. end. The end. It's <laughs> <laughs> that simple, bro. It's like it is what it is. I mean, it started out with things like MySpace and so forth, and mm. it was the best thing, and we made all kinds of promises. But essentially, we the technology has changed us. Yeah. Mm. It has literally changed the way we think and the way we operate, and and we're not going back. Yeah. So, since so we are on the on the social media thing, what is your your view on it at the moment? Um, for the artist, I really think we need to find a way out. Seriously. Um, it's going to end us. What about the, the 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 naysayers that will say like, but it is it is built us closer to our market, closer to my nigga. I don't need you to be closer to me. I need you to listen to my music. Mm. I, this is, I, this is not the Kardashians, bro. I'm not the Kardashians because that's mm. essentially what you need to be right now. Yeah, you need to have a reality show that you put on every single yeah. day, and then what you're gonna do is put on your the highlights. Mm. You're not you're not checking the whole football match. You're checking for the highlights. Yeah, exactly. when actually. All that really matters is the like what the music I do. People are not paying. No, 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 people aren't paying attention to the music we're making. They are mm. literally following a trend. So if there's a patterning around a certain artist, for example, and there's some hype, so okay, it's mm. a good question. So mm. I need to technically explain what happens. Wait. Okay. So first things first. An artist. What are you? What is your purpose? Okay, so typically we'd be like, I'm a musician, I'm here to create. I'm mm. like, nah, get the fuck out of here, that's not your job. Your job, your job um, uh, description has changed since the 80s already. <laughs> you are here to sell shit. Now you're asking, what are you selling? I'm selling whatever Addy and Eva is mm. selling. So I will grow my audience Till I can eventually capitalize on that, and I am viable to start selling product or sell tickets. 
through mm-hmm. venue. So mm-hmm. even when you are selling tickets to an event, for example, in terms of like you've been booked for that thing, you are still selling uh, a rental type thing. Your job mm-hmm. is to rent stuff. So as long what's happened from the sort of like CD, vinyl, cassette tape era to now is that we don't have these physical formats anymore. Yeah. So you remove the physical formats. Mm-hmm. We have music that's ubiquitous. You can get it anytime, anyplace, whenever you want yeah. to listen to when you want, we want. I can listen to anything from when, whatever has ever been recorded literally mm. through iTunes Music, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we only had value as artists as long as we were able to sell something. Mm. So the amount of artists who are able to move products beyond themselves is very slim hence why we have the rise of the influencer yeah okay so now suddenly we have young women usually um who have an audience because a they are basically mini kardashians mm-hmm. and i mean no matter how you feel about it, it's reality and it is what it is and this is where we're at at yeah. the moment so you're now competing with young woman who's fine as fuck uh mm. usually provocative posts which yeah. in a way it might be the social commentary or whatever mm. i mean whatever I've, 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 I've never seen for example i don't see very prevalent for example locally at least mm. any young woman or male who is getting a lot of audience because they are doing woke shit mm. <laughs> yeah. quote unquote you know what i mean they, yeah. they're not like socially conscious type, yeah. type thing that's literally Oh, look at my new thing. I'm at the beach. Selfie. Mm. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, many of them kind of fall off at the uh, tapers off at some point. And, and, and the ante needs to be upped. You need to keep doing a, more and more, more shit. It's yeah. also a very cut and paste as well. Like they all copy each other. They all book each other. No, but that's a formula mm. that yeah. works, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're not competing. So like example, there's not a single artist in this town that is more powerful than Nadia Jafter. Yeah. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> I mean, sure, that is heavy. <laughs> that is a heavy trip. Yeah. No matter what yeah. you think of her and what she does, she has more social collateral than any artist yeah. in the city. All of them. She and she put out a song as well. Yeah, <laughs> because, because I actually like that song. You do? she's getting me like she's getting advertising billboards at Canal yeah. Walk. Yeah. Uh-huh. What artist do you know mm. is getting that kind of airtime? Yeah, no one. Hardly any. You see what I'm saying? So the game has shifted. The way we think about things has shifted. Mm. And we still want to keep doing things the same way. As we did in the 90s or before. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I mean, and ultimately right now, it's like how well connected are you to your audience in, in that essence? So we are forced to have these social media accounts and we have to put on a, a show and we essentially have to be influencers. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and this has changed listening habits. Because once you start feeding an audience like this social narrative, mm. this influencer vibe, right? Mm. It becomes less about your music. I mean, guys, they don't care. Mm-hmm. But what now happens is like, then you have, for example, brand association. So now, yeah. when you have a uh, authority, uh, as in like, example, Standard Bank's an authority on banking. Apps is authority on banking. The mm-hmm. institution. That's yeah. a great work on these institutions. Mm-hmm. When other institutions co-sign on the artist, that artist cloud grows. Oh my God, did you see he's got an ad with... Yeah, with so and so. Yeah. Okay, so typically my favorite brand that I fucking love to hate, mm. Red Bull. I was <laughs> going to bring that up, okay? You can continue. Okay, so um, Red Bull is a big brand mm. and now they kind of start fucking around with an artist and they co-sign on it to some degree. 
And then artist cloud, social cloud starts increasing and they start using that artist mm. in the spaces to push essentially selling energy drinks. Not in a very direct way, but the association. Yeah. Mm. When we talk about youth culture, unequivocally Red Bull's the thing that comes up. Yeah. I'd say that um, Red Bull essentially is not, it's not so much more about the energy drink. The energy drink is more a byproduct now. No, okay, more, you, you, you're wrong. Because no, no, I'm, I'm, in the context I want to say is that they are media house. They content creators, but they also own all the content from all the events okay, that, they, that's that they do. Another something, mm. but I'm gonna take it like a little bit to mm -hmm. the left, a little bit down. So back in the eighties, remember the Stuyvesant lifestyle? Yes, yeah. Oh yes. Okay, they weren't talking about cigarettes, but mm. Mm. they made associations. The human brain functions like this: we make associations. If I say mm. coffee, you think about a brand. You don't think about fucking coffee. Yeah, yeah. Whatever your favorite brand of coffee is, you think about Avida. Ah, mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? You're making association between the brand and an idea. Mm -hmm. That's what the Red Bull has done. Yes, they are. They are still very much selling energy drinks. But mm -hmm. if you are talking about BC10 Red Bull, you're talking about like three style DJ yeah. Cup mm -hmm. Red Bull. You're thinking about like cutting edge artist Red Bull. Mm -hmm. They say they're selling you a lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. And, and essentially, it's like they're making. It's like you know. A simple, remember when we used to make like word associations in on, on, on primary school or kindergarten? Mm -hmm. And they were like, red. Ding! Mm. You recognize that as red. Mm. That's what's, what advertising has done. Mm. It's now gone and, and said, okay, I'm going to associate um, this product with an idea. Mm. And that's the most powerful thing. Yeah, um, and how they have done it is what you said. Yeah, That's the vehicle. However, I understand very carefully what might be for the Red Bull is Red mm. Bull does not, at least the local branch, doesn't give back to the communities that it rapes. Yeah. That's all it does. Mm. What they do is they wait for the scene to get to a point, whatever scene is, to get to a point of a certain maturity where they can exploit it and mm. they fill in because they have the kind of collateral and cash yeah. to be able to, to flesh out the thing on another level. Mm. But now what happens because they have the capital and collateral to do so, we can't do that anymore. I don't have that kind of money. You mm. don't have that kind of money. Mm. So now what happens, which it immediately turns them into the authority on mm. the thing, which also means they have hijacked the reins of that scene from an organic place. So they can suddenly put on artists that of their liking. Yeah. And you can't tell me that's not political in nature. So basically, they don't come up with, up with the intellectual property, but they take it. At no, 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 it's a parasitical mm. sort of relationship. Mm. Mm. Essentially, young art, like for example, um, you have young artists come up <coughs> in the scene and that artist will be catch the attention. They will co-sign on that artist for a while. And if that artist is not smart, sorry, they will basically essentially um, wear that artist's name out till it loses relevance. Mm -hmm. If that artist is smart, it would need to move on to the next year. So they have to find other avenues to grow their brand. So typically what happens in this town is that like um, you would have artists, he's doing music or she's doing music and they go to Red Bull, Red Bull put least some stuff. Nobody in this room cares what the Red Bull puts out. We don't listen to it. Mm -hmm. But we are very interested that they have made the association with, the, with that artist. Mm. Am I correct? Yeah. Okay. So now we move on to next year. Um, that artist now continually gets more airtime and Red Bull hopes that the artist's brand grows a little bit more. If mm -hmm. it doesn't, they will drop that artist. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
if Red Bull, because of that association with that artist, can now go to the next potential person mm. and put that person on. And every now and then, for every 10, 50, whatever artist that comes to the house, one of them blows up and the Red Bull gets the accreditation. In other words, then it becomes a situation that if you want to be a successful artist, you need to go through the Red Bull thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. In fact, there's not a single house DJ mm. in this country who has not gone through a Red Bull's house. Uh, uh, hands. Not a single mm. artist. They've all been sent to Red Bull Academy. All of them. Jazz World, Red Bull Academy. Jillian Gomes, Red Bull Academy. Black Coffee, Red Bull Academy. Cool the Song, Red Bull Academy. Bufonic, mm. uh, um, Red Bull Academy. Blah, 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 and blah. goes on. So, that kind of power in the hand of, of of a corporate entity without any sort of like uh sort of like well us the community being able to 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 audit and sort of like mm. check that organization is problematic because now my question is like how do they get into um, how do they get information? Because as far as I know, Red Bull's never been at any park jam, they haven't discovered any artists. What mm. then happens they have people collaborators? And those collaborators are going to tell them about somebody and if it fits, which is unfortunately the, the management mm. is all Eurocentric. Yeah. The thinking is all Eurocentric. So they're going to push their agenda and their idea of what's cool and what's good. Mm -hmm. And because this thing, they keep pushing this thing, this becomes a de facto sort of like, mm. this is what good music sounds like. This is what you need to do to be successful. And they will change the direction that the community might have organically have taken at some point. Yeah. What I hate about it is that like they have no sort of like members, authorities in the scene working for them or working, collaborating with them. Mm. Uh, literally, for example, so a little side note, I, I, I'm a gamer. Mm. I love video mm. games, I always have. Mm. Um, I'm a semi-pro fighting game guy. Mm. Okay? Yeah. I've won some tournaments and stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm probably like in the top 20, top mm. Street Fighter Five plays in the country. Mm. Red Bull's not jumped onto the esports um, mm. game. Sure. Yeah. So Red Bull doesn't go to the community and say, "Hey, listen, we would love to get involved. How can we help you?" Mm. They go literally. Okay, um, we like what you do. We got this event. Can you perform at this thing? Which basically means mm. we've hijacked mm. what you've done. Mm. Um, for example, say you uh, you you have a group. You do your thing and you have an idea, you go to them and, and you want to control the direction and, and, mm. and who owns the content. They'll tell you, get no. the fuck out of here. Sure. Mm. And, and what they've done, which is ingenious <coughs> over the years, instead of spending money and, and giving artists money to do mm. their own thing for distribution and stuff, although some of the artists have, I won't mention names, mm. they just say they were all on the lighter side of life. Mm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, we massive amounts of money and was given to them and i mean literally if, if, if we had to mm. audit like example something like cape town electronic music festival and we look at sort of yeah. the kind of money being spent there i guarantee you guarantee you 10 to 1 uh and they can argue they can take me if they see this you're welcome mm. don't prove me wrong i guarantee to one that that black and brown arts are getting paid the least mm. okay so the whole festivals are wrapped around there yeah so my thing is like what the fuck? but then they also get to decide which one of us which black and brown mm. artists mm. gets that gets position that. Yeah. and when red bull books that artist those artists will probably be on the lineup for every other white run festival in the city for the rest of the year because those guys are not coming to the color jewel they're not coming to the cassie mm. 
and eventually yeah. and essentially our audiences go from like nestle being brown or black to predominantly white which means we have to adjust and funny enough one of their own staff members is also a dj um the guy is running the b-boy section for red bull which ivan running? ivan tunjan no, he's he's, also he's, okay so <laughs> ivan is the culture manager who the used culture to be manager. okay um i had a meeting with ivan mm. okay so he i asked him once what is your job he couldn't tell me okay mm. i'll explain to you what i think his job is his job is to make sure that the culture red bull culture remains prevalent in the marketplace in other words mm. uh, making sure that this brand stays uh, relevant in the space and news culture because they can't sell red bulls to people like us mm. Uh, we, I, I, this, I'm 42. I don't know about the rest of the ages here. You guys, my, my 30s at least. <laughs> yeah, late 30s. Yeah, early 40s. So, um, <laughs> uh, me and you gulping down yeah. uh, cans of Red Bull every mm. single day is probably going to kill us. Yeah. L- literally. Mm. Okay, so oh, they have to go after the youth. Yeah. Young kids, mm. teenagers, that sort of thing. Um, typically, uh, high energy, um, high... Um, high-end sport, not high-end sport, what's it called? Extreme sports type thing, yeah. you know, yeah. skateboarding, da-da-da-da. So this is the yeah. whole thing. So in other words, oh, Red Bull gives you kind of, kind of that edge. Mm. Yeah. So it's like basically like steroids for, legal steroids yeah. for, 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 for artists and stuff, you know, so you're going to go on yeah. stage. Me and my very pulse, you know, I've had a, I don't know, I had a long night last night, I was playing a gig till four o'clock. Yep. Play the next week. Mm. Do my thing and yeah, I rocked <laughs> it, you know? Yeah. Mm. So yeah, I, I have got a very antagonistic perception of Red Bull um, and I've spoken quite at length publicly about it. Um, although uh, like, uh, the broader community has never really supported it publicly. Always yeah, because obviously they're worried about uh, what can Red Bull break me off. Yeah. No, but, they, but they, they're in careers. Yeah. They're legit in careers. Tell me, mm. is there any uh, like blowback from that? Like from 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 the from the brand itself and from the community, how do the how do the your fellow DJs view you after you post and stuff like that? Okay, so um, oh wow, now you're asking me like mm. an intense question. Um, long story short, I pretty much don't have a DJ career in Cape Town anymore. Uh, I don't give a shit though. Like whatever, I've got mm. a business and I got a kid now, which I just mm. was born about yeah. uh, a year ago. You know, so. ブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブラブ
the no, no, no. song with them than you are the outsider? Well, well, to some degree, but that's enforced by the brands. Mm. So essentially, you need to uh, align yourself with with the narrative because people don't want bad press in the dance scene. Mm. Okay, or any scene for that matter. So uh, you you get abandoned real fucking quick. Like mm. people just don't want to fuck with you. Like I mean, literally, I don't. And I barely get gigs at the moment. Do you think it's the, it's, think it's the brands pushing back or the or, or the, 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 the different personalities? From from my point of view, I can tell you, like when we did the first epi- uh, few episodes, mm. we I started not directly, but I could feel okay, like, shade. When I, well, the vibes, the vibes. You, you get the, the vibe. Yeah, no, for, um, okay, yeah, I I think ultimately at the bottom of the wall. Oh, I mean, can, can I just add to that? Do you feel that? Whether it's the house scene or just the entertainment scene in Cape Town, do you feel that people don't feel like, um, either they don't feel like it or they don't know how to push the envelope? Nah, okay, wait. So oh, let's question. stop all that talk. Actually, just yeah. crash that talk. Okay. That, that, that is relative. Mm. Okay, you know what okay. I mean? Like, I mean, if you come from the wood and you have a keyboard that you push the envelope, mm. but in the greater scheme of things, uh, you didn't push it because mm. plenty of other kids have. Yes. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, this, this is ultimately a money thing. Okay. Mm. It's economic supply. So, if you okay, so they they've had this experiment. You probably seen this before, where essentially they got like rats in a cage, mm. and mm. when the rats perform a certain task, there's a reward. Yeah. yeah. Same fucking shit. Same WhatsApp group. Mm. <laughs> no, no. Listen, human beings need to understand that we can be trained and we can be uh, uh, forced to operate. If you push certain levers in the yeah. right place will have a result. So if corporate stops booking you, then you're going to ask, why am I not getting good? And you look around and see what the other brothers doing. Okay, that's what they're doing. I'm going to do that now. Mm. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Hence why you get a lot of like cloning happening in, 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 in the scene across the board, entertainment scene, or any anything, any, anything yeah. actually for that, yes. in life in general. Yeah. So for example, if your brother has a, like, he's got to go mm. to your beer, for example, and mm. he's getting mm. all the goodness. Yeah. Mm. Bro, I'm just like a goatee now. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, I also want to chase mm. all the goodness. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's just human nature, the side works. Yeah. So um, when corporates like Red Bull action certain things, you will get a, a, a tangible response mm. in the real world. Um, also, people are going to kind of ostracize you a little bit because they don't want to be. I, I don't want to, what do they call it? I don't catch none of those, um, I don't catch none, none, of, that, none of that flames. Oh, none of it, mm, they don't want to burn with you. Yeah. Because that's essentially, you know, like a, 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 a association. Yeah, yeah, burn notice. Yeah. <laughs> we, this association, yeah. disavow this agent yeah. of yeah. any da 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 da. Yeah. We have nothing to do with this motherfucker. Mm. Yeah. Uh, essentially, what's happened to me about four, four five years ago, actually, we, um, I may, I, I went on a bit of a, like, a sort of like, Okay, I'm hurtful now. Um, there's mm. tangible racist and, and, and prejudicial behavior in the scene mm. by generally white and un-institutions mm. yeah. inside Cape Town entertainment scene. And I just had enough. And it wasn't an attack per se. It was just like observation. Listen, observation and when you talk about it, can mm. we fucking sort this out? Yeah. And understand this, that like, and this is very important. Like, mm. I was doing all right. I could have shut the fuck up and continued being like, the guy that I was, I could have still been the top honcho type guy, you know what I mean? Like, but it wasn't worth it for me because I just kept thinking, like, my bro, if I pass away tomorrow, would I be happy basically aligning myself with this kind of like thinking and this thing that is actually fundamentally fucking wrong? 
I mean, we, we, I mean, like classic example. How the fuck does a Robbie Jensen die in poverty? Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, I grew up on on, on Robbie Jensen, fasted up Island, mm. played in my house. I still mm. hear the, mm. the the music in my head, but he had nothing. Mm. Robbie Jensen didn't own a publishing house, didn't own a record label. Mm. I'm sure he sold records. Yeah. I'm sure he made some money. There's not a single DJ in this entire city who is who, what I would call is a kingmaker. Mm. I touch thing and you become the next mm. in line. Mm. Red Bull can do yeah. that. I can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. Yeah. That's fucked. How can I not put on kids? How mm. do I not have the power to do so? Mm. And for all my achievements, it's it's in vain when I'm not able to help my community. That's the bottom line for me. It's like, okay, so I've achieved all these things, but like, what have I changed about the scene? Like, I literally had a discussion with the, with the, with the, with the doctor now in the week. Uh, we, we went out for dinner and I was showing around Cape Town and stuff because a friend of mine asked me to mm. show the place. Mm-hmm. We ended up having a conversation. I said to her that fundamentally one of my, my, my massive issues is that like the system, the way it's set up, requires you to comply mm. and you're going to have to become the thing that you hate yeah. to implement a small amount of change but systems are, are finding things systems are not like just left, right, right, like left it's not yeah. a block like that mm. systems inherently also push back so whenever we in put any changes in place the system will try and force mm. change back so yeah. example, good example socially when any of us do anything that's out of the norm for colored people, then the, the, the conversation goes, how's your word? Yeah, like, mm. what did you do? How dare you do something that is not your pre-assigned position mm. in life based on your skin color in mm. our community? So, for example, like, I, I was called, uh, what did they call it? Somebody called me arrogant. Oh, no. Was it arrogant? And I said, you know what, arrogance means the actual word. If you look up the, 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 actually just call it up. Because people throw that word around like so often and, and, and it's used incorrectly. Talk about the etymology of, of. No, no, not the, not the root. I just want to know what the actual definition means, okay. actually. I just want to show you something. Having or revealing an exaggerated sense of one's own importance and abilities. So my thing is like, if you say you can scratch oh. and somebody mm. says you're arrogant, <laughs> but you can prove the fact. But you, you do it. Ability. Yes. If I say I'm a dope DJ, ah, oh, such an arrogant guy. Mm. Based on what? Yeah. Mm. You know, like I mean, you need to remove that uh, that ex- it's an extension uh, on your thing. I'll show you how. I was going to ask you actually. Yes. Check your, we got that the genius here. My point, <laughs> what you the type of person that would help somebody and not mention it because. Yeah. That laptop, he actually helped me fix yeah. that laptop years mm. ago, dude. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, yes. so my, when you say people think you're arrogant, I never thought it was my my first um, encounter with you is the fact that you actually helped me with that thing. So I, 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 I love helping people mm. without and, and, actually yeah. asking for anything. You didn't ask me for anything. You know. And, what I'm and also, like I mean, my first encounter, like I mean, I met you so later. Mm. So I met later mm. first, and then I met you, and. When I met Leighton, I obviously then met other people that would like you know give me like oh this is our, this is Leighton, this is our customers and this is Erifan. And then there would be a certain picture sketch. When I met you and we started hanging out, that picture like shattered because I was like, but that's not the person that I met that I know. 
Like I, the first thing that I liked about him was like, he's to the point, he's straight to the point and there's no bullshit. And that's what I like. Mm. Like I like that from people. Like even if it makes me feel a bit of cut in that first few minutes, like, yeah, did he have to say that? But then I, you, you think to yourself, like, but he's actually a guy. But, but the, my thing is like, have I ever, ever said something and not no. told you how to fix it? No. You so all, if, you, if I make a comment on something, I'm not going to just say, you shit. Yeah. I'm like, mm. okay, this is shit, but you can do this and that to get exactly, back yeah. to me again if you're interested. Exactly. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to, to down you or, or, or what. Mm. I mean, I, I have a lot of opinions about a lot of DJs and, and arts in the city mm. and, and that's based on my own standards. But again, like I said, back to that thing where it's like, um, am I not allowed to have my own opinion on the matter yeah. without me being a dick about it? Like if I say to you that I think that's actually tangerine as opposed to like getting, for example, mm. what, what do you, you know what I mean? Like, and I feel we don't move forward as a, as, as a culture or a scene when people can't actually um, verbalize or just bring out, give their own opinion. You know, it's like, the, why do we have to always the, think the, inside the box? The thing is, again, this podcast, no? or not even, even before the podcast, people need to realize no? when, when, when somebody says something that, doesn't, that you don't agree with, it's not hate. It's not hate. It's not hate because, again, the podcast, when we did it the first couple of episodes, no? yeah. we said, the negative and the positive. The negative, the positive might be sixty percent, yeah. and the negative might be forty percent. But people focus mm. on the negative. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but it's again, the, that's uh, again lots of white papers on that um, where we tend to fixate on on, on bad news. Yeah. Okay. The bad it's, news. Human, it's human. It's human nature. I mean, I asked any one of you guys to mention one good thing that happened in the newspaper today. <laughs> Uh, they haven't read the newspaper. Yeah, yes. but, yeah, but if we, yeah, did, but if we had, I yeah. mean, even if, if somebody's in your article, yeah, people, awesome. I mean, literally, I walked into a store, some guy showed me a video of some thief that was caught, uh, some kind of guys, and they beat the shit mm. out of him. And yeah. I was like, what the fuck? But yeah. if you notice, we should just take. But the, that shit goes viral. Yeah, that's the thing. But just take the newspaper cells. thing into, into aspect. Like, when I was growing up, my father would obviously, he would buy the newspaper, come from work. The first thing that he would do, and it became like the norm for me to do as well, is you'll go to the back page and look at the sport first. Because this that is like um not to say that it is a negative and positive, but it's not as negative as the news would be in the on the front page and third page and so forth and so forth. Because there's yeah, a whole I, lot I, of negativity leading up. So yeah. I, I'm a, I'm I'm personally an information fiend. Like mm -hmm. like I said to you, like because of my insecurities, I, I tell I do not be wrong. I will never speak on something I don't have any authority on. Yeah, and if I don't have authority, I'll point you in the direction someone else who does. I'm I'm quite easy with that. Mm. Um, and if I say I can do something, it's not me blowing gas. I can mm. do that thing. Oh, I'll tell you. Okay, I'm kind of okay at it. Uh, mm. Maybe talk to that person. You know, what I mean, I got no issue with that. Um, yeah, I mean, okay, I think it was just a convenient narrative based on some of the actions I've put. I mean, okay, okay, I'm, I'm not I'm not perfect and I'm not saying I, I haven't said and done things that are not on point. Mm -hmm. I mean, it means I do make mistakes yeah. and I mean, like, fine. But I've tried my, my, my level best to be a good human being. Mm -hmm. But that also means being doing the right thing, saying the right thing, seeking out justice, uh, looking out for the underdog and try to represent uh, ideals that are important to me. And if my deals leaves you at, at on the other end of, of, of the, if it, if it makes you feel some kind of way, then I'm sorry, you know what I mean? That's just, I am, but I'm not going to change myself to make you feel more comfortable. Yeah. Because the only time you can get uncomfortable in any situation that includes me is when something hits home.
did, did, did you feel when, when, when you became vocal about the Red Bulls and the, 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 the institutions like that within the scene, did, did you feel like you were left in the lurch by I'll, I'll, your I'll, fellow? I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you essentially. So <laughs> what was that comedian, uh, Monique? Okay, so I'm gonna put that in the context because that makes level sense. So with her and the Steve obviously. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. she was basically saying to you that like what was happening. She was, uh, I can't remember what was the issue. What was the issue? Okay, she yeah. wanted the same amount of money as you know her Dave, Dave Chappelle I think or something like that. Or her male counterparts. Yeah, something like something that. Like that yes. Which is which is not a f no no not a f uh, difficult ask. And then and they essentially said she was difficult. Mm. Mm. Okay, um, what happens when? Any person goes out there and says something and the community does not respond to that thing, you essentially give the impression that that person is difficult, a liar mm -hmm. at, at worst, or um, deceitful, untrustworthy. That's the narrative that generally gets spread out there. And, and unfortunately, when, 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 and I mean, this directed everybody now, saying, if you the kind of person who's never ever, if you're a house DJ and I've said some shit, and it resonated with you actually, and you came up to me at some point and said like, yo man, I what you said was true, mm. but you have not actually co-signed on that publicly, mm. then you've essentially fucking stabbed me in the back. Mm. Yeah. Cause there's nothing worse when somebody says, again, coming back to a, a, a very hardcore example and, and something we discussed earlier is that like, if something happens to me, I get mugged. Mm. And I keep telling my story, but no one wants to listen. Do you know how that feels? Mm. I have to internalize that sort of mm. like situation by my fucking self. And you guys want me to pretend like it never happened. Yeah. You, you, you've not only fucking abandoned me, you've gaslighted me actually. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You've decided that your, your survival as way more important than the actual truth. And I don't need you to, to actually co-sign if you don't want to, and you have the right to preserve your own position in, in, in the social circles. But they don't come up to me and say that, your oh, man, what you said was the truth and you have mm. not fucking voice on it. Yeah. Or you continue doing business with these people. I mean, you know they are fucking people up. Yeah. That ain't fucking right. Yeah. That is the most hurtful fucking thing on the planet mm -hmm. when you, when your reality, your perception is kind of indirectly being questioned. Mm. Can you imagine? I mean, yeah. like you, you, mm. you. I mean, like you. Literally, at some point, go like, "Yo, maybe I was being too harsh. Maybe this wasn't real. Maybe it didn't happen." You, I mean, I'm all for that experience. Yeah. You, yeah. You, but then you, you find that actually the case. Like example, you, 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 and you start questioning yourself. Yeah, I mean that. That's mm. bruh, That's fucking so bad. Mm. I mean, I, I can only imagine what it's like for a rape victim who can never discuss their their, their plight. Yeah. You know, um, this is a minor version of the mm. same thing, but it's in the same kind of like area. We, we need to be able to discuss and we need our views to be acknowledged by the people around, especially when it pertains to a reality. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when you are working with people, especially partners, and you've had conversations and they essentially disavow you publicly some way because they're worried about what the fallout's going to be. Mm. But what they don't realize is if, if all of us actually stood and we had some solidarity, that thing would change. Nobody would get hurt. The brand mm. wouldn't get hurt. Nobody's going to end Red Bull ever. Yeah. Now, if it ends because they made some bad moves on the stock market mm. or fucking the CEO was actually a, a child molester, mm. even then they'll just mm. fire the motherfucker and yeah, the brand will carry on a year yeah. later. We will be, they'll be hide. Yeah. They'll be fine. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, yet 
when when because like understand something in this country because of his racial history and, and sort of like the divide that was set up over the years mm. white people have no clue as to how their actions f- affect us when we, they when, when we've when, said that before when, yeah. when they meet us we accommodate them every fucking single time yeah. every time every fucking single time so so they're getting the best version of us mm. Yo, the ones that speak okay, English I properly. Touch on something on that, yes, mm. continue. The, the, the ones who speak English perfectly, the ones who are educated, mm. the ones who have the the mimic their twang, mm. the narrative, yeah. um, the ones who uh, politically co-sign onto what they believe is important. Mm. Um, the ones that look a little bit more like them as well. Not always, not always, but but, but I mean, it's we basically we basically echo the sentiments. Mm. You know what I mean, and, and and they are never gonna learn. Okay, mm. listen. It needs to be understood. White people are just like us, mm. in every fucking possible permeable, uh, any way we can actually fathom. They are exactly the same as, and the same rules that apply to us apply to them. Mm. Yeah. They can only learn based on the experiences. And if we are not representing and living the version of us that's the real version, mm. then nothing's gonna change. Yeah. If we are not speaking to them without yeah. being accusatory, for example, and, and if we're not speaking to them about our plights and our issues, mm. that's a problem. Now, in this city specifically, I can't speak to the rest of South Africa because I don't live there. Yeah. But in this city, in the entertainment industry, everybody top is pretty much white. I don't know a single black man on top that does shit, except for yeah. now um, places like Kwais, for example, which is doing phenomenally in the township, mm. which do, does the own thing. But again, uh, it's cut off from the from the greater scene. Yeah. Okay. And I'm gonna tell you now. See, Miami. I need to tell you about like why things are the way they are mm. right now, or my theory on it. Mm. But my point is that like we have no authority, we have no agency mm. in the entertainment, entertainment industry as people of color. We are the most populous group in the in in in, in, in Cape Town. Yet none of us have any fucking power. <laughs>